You are listening to Waffle, the bite-sized podcast with Paul Jenkins. First broadcast on Rossendale Radio on the 6th of June 2021. This week, Paul talks to author Kath Howe, along with the students of Golden Grove Primary School in Pembroke. They ask her some insightful questions about writing, and they talk in detail about Empathy Day. 104.7 Rossendale Radio Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Weekend Wind Down. It's the Waffle Hour. And as you know, we speak every single week to authors and writers. And we are speaking today to an amazing group of people. First of all, I'd like to mention and welcome Kath Howe. Good afternoon, Kath. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Uh, now, Kath is a writer and teacher, uh, and she's written some amazing books, Ella on the Outside, Not My Fault, How to Be Me, and we're going to find out, I'm sure, lots about those um, during the course of the interview. But I'm also going to welcome the pupils of Golden Grove School. Good afternoon, Golden Grove. Hello! And as you can hear, they are in good voice this afternoon. Uh, now, we have been working with Kath uh, this afternoon and uh, and going through some amazing ideas to do with her writing. Um, and Kath, how's, how's it been so far? What, what, what do you think the response has been from uh, from the pupils at Golden Grove? They seem fantastic. They've got so many ideas. They're just great. And I love the drawings that they've been making for me. I'm looking forward to seeing them more. <laughs> There is. There's a lot of creativity in the room at the moment. Um, now, Grace, uh, how are you doing, Grace? Um, you've been working with Kath today and I understand you've got a question for it. Do you want to kick us off with the questioning? Um, so while I was reading your book, Not My Fault, um, when Maya lost her friends and was crying, um, I, she felt quite sad and I felt quite sad too. While you were writing your books, did you, with the characters you created, did you empathise with any of them? Thank you. That's a really great question. And I think the truth is that when you're writing something sad, you do feel it. Um, if you didn't feel it, I think you couldn't really write it in the same way. So you have to put yourself in the thoughts of the character and live their life for a little while. Um, and the truth is, when I'm writing sad bits of my books, I do feel quite sad for several days sometimes. I might go out for a walk and still feel sad. Um, it's hard to put the characters down and walk away. So, yeah, definitely feeling that um, concern for her and whether she's going to be OK. Yeah. Brilliant. Does that answer your question a little bit, Grace? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Right. Well, um, and, and the questions are coming thick and fast. I know that everybody's got a question. There's nine pupils altogether. Um, <laughs> Connie, do you want to uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, ask your question uh, to Kath? Um, I was reading Ella on the Outside and I was wondering um, how you plan out where you'll put the clues for the mystery, um, mostly about Molly's mystery. And also um, Molly was a bit moody to Ella at the start of the book. And I was wondering, did, did you want the was it in your intention for the readers to feel empathy for Molly throughout the book? Thank you. Those are great questions. So in terms of planning, I think you just have to write it all the way through a story like this. But then you have to work out at what stages you're going to tell the reader things. And you mustn't tell the reader everything at once. And Ella on the outside has a lot of suspense going on. Um, and you're right that when you first meet Molly, you don't understand what's going on with her. But you're sort of you're wondering about her. Um, I think 
in a way, because it's written from Ella's point of view, we don't feel as much concern and care for Molly until Ella does. Um, we might start to think that's very odd, but we don't really get much sense of Molly, really. Um, and that's why I think uh, we're, that's showing in a way that Ella hasn't really thought of Molly as a proper person. And I think that's really important in my story, that it's a story where everybody has things going on in their lives and there's things you don't know about other people who are around you. And it's that story where suddenly you realise something about somebody else's life and actually it's a bit of a shock and you realise that you haven't been thinking about them very carefully at all. Um, and I think that's what Ella's like. She just... Um, lives her life because there's so many things in her life that are difficult she doesn't look around her enough um and then when she does it's it's quite tough um and she she starts to worry about molly and so do we <laughs> it's uh having read the book kathy so uh, you say it's a thriller um it's <laughs> a, it's a real sense of tension all the way through because i think we realize that 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 some of the characters are not going to be as nice to Ella as they would be yes uh, or, or they could be and but she doesn't cotton on very quickly does she no no she doesn't she doesn't and I think it's partly because she's just moved house and she's so desperate to find those friends isn't she that that's sort of more important to her than almost anything else so um she's not really observing the world in quite the right way um and I think that's true I mean I remember when I moved house definitely having that feeling of kind of I've got to find a friend, preferably now, this minute, you know, in the next five minutes, that friend has to arrive. <laughs> it's a very tricky time. Connie, that was an amazing question. Thank, Thank you. you. That was great. Um, Martha, uh, I believe you're next up. Um, you've also got a question about Kath's work. Um, I read How to Be Me, and when I was reading it, I thought that Keely, the questions that she asks to Lucas, she can be a bit insensitive. Why did you? Was there a reason why you chose to make it like that? Yes, I. That's really. <laughs> that's really interesting. I wanted Keely to sort of break through what Lucas is like. Do you see what I mean? So I. I thought, who would be the person who would make Lucas? kind of answer some difficult questions and it would be somebody who isn't really being very careful <laughs> so when she asks him things he's sort of a bit off balance trying to answer them and he doesn't really know um, how to cope with Keely so I think right from the start Keely is powerful you know she's got a lot of thoughts of her own um, and you're right she's not particularly careful um, I do like Keely but I think she can be a bit brutal <laughs> And I quite like writing that. <laughs> but it's do, a great question. <laughs> do you know people like that in real life, Martha? People who just say what they think and don't always uh, don't always think twice about it. Um, a bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it much more realistic. <laughs> Thank you. That's a great question. Well, there all amazing questions thank you so much everybody and martha i'd like you to just uh, stick with us a second because we're coming up to a music break and you guys have chosen the music for us this afternoon what's your first music choice that you've gone for um we chose help by the beatles and what's the what's the reason that you chose that particular song because i um i chose the song because i thought that um the way that when John Lennon was singing it, he was asking for someone to kind of empathise with with him, like how he asks not 
Um, I don't just need some random person. I need someone that can really help me. You know what? I've listened to that song a thousand times over and I've never thought of it from that direction. That's a brilliant way to to, uh, to introduce a song. Martha and everybody at Golden Grove, here's your first choice. This is Help by the Beatles. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Rossendale Radio. And follow us on Twitter at Rossendale Radio. Proud to be your local radio station. 104.7 Rossendale Radio, Lancashire. Welcome back to the Weekend Mindown here on 104.7 Rossendale Radio. It's Paul Jenkins in. We are speaking to Kath Howe. Where, whereabouts are you calling us from today, Kath? I live in southwest London. Excellent. So we're connecting up southwest London, Rossendale in Lancashire. And uh, whereabouts is Golden Grove? Golden Grove, give us another shout out, everybody. Hello! Uh, where, whereabouts in the world are you, Golden Grove? Wales. <laughs> just a tiny voice from the back said Wales <laughs> yeah you're down in Pembroke so that's it we're, we're covering we're, we're pretty much covering most of the UK uh now uh, Emily uh, you are you are poised and ready to go uh do you want to get your uh, question to Kath when I want to write something like a story um rushing water music drawing and sometimes quiet helps me think what helps you think when you're writing a story? Wow, I love the idea of rushing water. That's fantastic. Um, and I think quiet, too, is very interesting. Actually, sometimes I put on very subtle music, like something that is quite repetitive. Um, so I can work with silence, but I also can work with a sort of background sort of um something like a drone or something like that a sort of subtle sound like that and um, the other things that help me write are making myself write in the same place sometimes so i have a very big desk that i write at um and i find that if i sit down at it i feel as if that's what i'm supposed to be doing <laughs> so i think you have to trick yourself when you're a writer and be a bit self-disciplined and think you know okay come on get on with it um don't do something else instead um, and I think in in terms of other things that I do, um, I use a lot of notebooks. I use a lot of sketching. Um, I draw the characters and I think about what they say to each other a lot. So I, I write a lot of my books as if they're drama. And then I add in all the other bits <laughs> because the, what they say to each other really helps me sort of get a sense of them. Um, so I think almost writing it like a drama script is what helps me most. But um, I love your ideas for what helps you write. And I think we're all so different, aren't we? Anything that helps us, um, that's just a great thing that you've found those things already and you know that they work for you. I think that's brilliant. It was a great question, Emily. Thank you. Uh, just while we're getting ready for, for Nia's question uh, as well, you, you spoke to uh, people about mood boards as well. Use uh, mood boards. Do you want to explain to our listeners what, what a mood board uh, might be? Yes. So so a mood board is a board where you can pin ideas for your book. And um, I use it a lot. Um, I find images that are going to be useful in the plot. Uh, it might be a picture of a character. It might be something to do with the place they live in or it might be somewhere they go in the plot. Um, and I just cut them out of uh, a paper or wherever I found them, pin them up. And sometimes I might pin up, say, for example, questions as well or um, sketches that I've done of characters, or even post-it notes with bits of plot on. And what I find is 
by staring at them, I'm sort of getting more inside the heads of the characters. So for How to Be Me, I had a mood board that had lots of the things that were in the story. Um, and that's what we've been looking at um, today with, with, the, with the children from the school is thinking about how do you use, um, say, the image of the boy to make you think about what he's feeling at different times in the plot. And it just it just helps me feel as if I can walk in his shoes a bit. Um, it's that kind of idea, a mood board. Some people do it with music too, don't they? And create playlists for their book. And I do that too. There you go. And and absolutely in line with the, the theme of Empathy Day this year, walking yes, in somebody else's shoes. Uh, <laughs> we'll, 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 we will get on to talking about Empathy Day in more detail at the end of this interview, I think. Um, now, uh, Nia, uh, you are ready to go with your question for Kath. I read How to Be Me. Lucas and his dad aren't connected. Has that happened to you or have you seen it happen to someone else? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Um, I think I have seen it um, in people that I've worked with in schools um, and I've sometimes seen it with grown-ups that I know, but I'm always putting together elements from places that I've been and people that I've met and I wouldn't say it's directly one person or anything like that. I think it's just the experiences I've had. I've worked in some schools where you might have parents who were very busy or children who were collected by other people from school. Um, you might have, you know, complicated things that were happening in children's lives. But really, Lucas is just Lucas. You know, to me, he's somebody I've made up um, from things I've thought about and seen. But when you work as a teacher, you do meet all sorts of different people who've, who've got children in their family. Um, so I suppose it does get you thinking about all the things that can happen in somebody's life. Um, and I think Lucas's dad, maybe I've made him a little bit more extreme than some, um, but I think that perhaps he will be a little bit familiar to some people who read the book. <laughs> It's funny, actually, one of the things um, that uh, which is coming up on Empathy Day, another author we spoke to, Michelle Robinson, she she said that actually she didn't have the connection with a member of her family that she was sort of expecting to uh, everyone expects you to have. It. I think it was a grandfather. And she said yeah. Everyone always assumes in books that the grandfathers are cuddly characters and yeah. nice characters. And she said, I didn't have that relationship with my grandfather. So when I write about grandfathers, I've got to put myself in somebody else's shoes if I yeah. want to create that kind of character. It's a very yeah. tricky thing. It is tricky. It, it, it is tricky. And I think um, in a way I'm not trying to I'm not trying to write issues. I, I, I'm not I don't set out and think, well, OK, what issue should we go for now? <laughs> I just write people. Lucas is just a, a boy um, and all the things that surround him are just imagined by me. But obviously they're part of, you know, where I live and who I've met. And I've worked in a lot of different types of school. And I think that's helped. I really do. I've worked in some very, very extremely different types of school, both primary and secondary. And I think that has helped. You do get when you when you tour to schools, you do see a, a, the whole of the world in one place, don't you? You do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, Grace, you've got the uh, we've got two we've got two Graces this afternoon. We've got a plethora of Graces, uh, and uh, Grace, you have got uh, our, our our last question of this section. Um, do you want to uh, uh, ask Kath uh, what, what's been on your mind? <laughs> um, so I have read Ella on the Outside and I really felt sorry for Molly's mum because she had to look after her and she was very sick. Um, do you like make your books about like real life experiences or do you just make them up? 
Thank you. That's really interesting. I think it's a mixture. I think it's always a mixture. I think it would be true that when you write um, something that's coming from your heart, it might be something to do with something you've experienced. Um, and I would, I think that I am an author who uses real life experience more than some other authors would. Um, so um, the truth is that I have come across situations like that, but it's still, um, it's a bit like creating a kind of, um, a kind of jigsaw effect. You take things that are truthful and you take things that are made up and you kind of weave them all together and that creates the picture. So for me, um, the story of Molly and what's happening to Molly, yes, it's based on some things I've noticed and people I've known, but it's also a book. So it's something that I've I've created for, for the story. Um, so it's that strange mixture um, I think that that's that's how it works for me. But it has to have something at the heart of it that is true to my experience. I think that I think you're right. Um, and maybe that's why um, when you're reading a book, perhaps you, you kind of get that feeling that the author might have actually lived through something a bit like that. Um, I think I said to you when we were talking earlier that I gave Ella eczema because I had eczema. And when I first um, talked about my book with my publisher, we said, well, um, you know, do you think this character should have eczema? It's not part of the plot. And then uh, he said, well, actually, I think it's really important because lots of children have eczema and it's just true. You know, it just makes it feel true. Um, so things that make it feel true sometimes are from your life. <laughs> It's uh, it's fascinating. Those those little moments, those little details, can really bring a character to life. It's uh, yes, it's a lovely thing. Um, now, Grace, don't go anywhere, Grace, uh, because you're you're the DJ for the next uh, uh, for the next twenty seconds or so. Um, you've uh, you've been put in charge of the the second music choice. Uh, now, who have you gone for? Um, so I've chosen my uh, Midnight Sky by Miley Cyrus because. In the story, Ella really likes this one girl, but then she realizes that she's really mean. So she kind of like changes her mind. And in the song, Miley Cyrus goes like, the midnight sky is the road I'm taking. So she's like on one road and then she changes to the other road. I, yeah. I would like to think, Grace, that because Kath wrote Ella on the outside before Miley Cyrus released Midnight Sky. <laughs> I think Miley Cyrus has read your book, Kath. What do you reckon? <laughs> What a fantastic idea, though. I love that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Well, have a listen to it now, and you can see if you can find the plot of your book inside Miley's work. <laughs> this is Miley Cyrus, Midnight Sky. Dedicated to the Rossendale Valley, this is your very own Rossendale Radio. Welcome back, everybody. It's the, sadly final part of our interview this afternoon uh, with uh, Kath Howe uh, and give us a big shout out again that the pupils of golden grove school Hello! Yeah, they're still there they're still in fine fettle uh and uh, we've been we've been absolutely grilling kath this afternoon uh, some excellent questions caitlin has a question let's dive straight into this um so caitlin your question for kath um, I read your book, How to Be Me. I thought it was a very lovely book, but I'm just wondering, where do you get the inspiration for the covers of your books? Thank you very much for your question. The, I don't design the cover. The covers of my books have been designed by um, a lady called Nicola Theobald, 
and the writing, the text on the books has come from um, an illustrator called Joel Holland. Um, I think Nicola Theobald, her designs are quite extraordinary um, because they're like um, emojis. In each case, I find myself doodling the covers of my books and actually creating like I've created little prints I can make with the covers of the books. So Lucas is this marvellous kind of squiggle with arms and legs. And then in Not My Fault, it's like a cloud and a huge kind of bolt of lightning. Um, and that's kind of the anger that this character Maya is feeling. So it's like all the weather happening at once in Not My Fault. And then in Ella on the outside, you've got this little figure holding the camera and the idea of the photograph, which is so important in the story. So I think this is somebody who took the kind of heart of the story and made it into a very simple graphic image. And then Nosy Crow very wisely made the covers very, very bright. <laughs> so if you go into a bookshop, you see them because they're so bright. Um, and I think they're amazing. I love my covers. Um, they're neon, apparently. That's the name of the the type of cover but it's really they, easy uh, to find your books on a bookshelf calf if, you, if somebody <laughs> needs me to find my copy of Ellery's, i look for the bright orange it's i love stuff. them <laughs> uh, that's it that's a wonderful question caitlin and it's really bringing in the illustration side of things as well and about how the two things work together that's that's yeah. great stuff um sophia uh, let's let's keep these questions coming shall we i read the book not my fault um and when did you get the idea for the book and how long did it take to write Thank you. That's a good question. So um, I got the idea from Not My Fault because I like to think about siblings and how people can fall out with their siblings and what happens when you're in the same house. But you basically there's a bit of a war going on. <laughs> and I just thought, yes, that's really interesting. Um, and I think I was telling you a little bit earlier when I met you as a group that we had um when I was about nine, I think, um, I went through a phase of being very, very angry with my brother um, and threw a marble at him, which <laughs> injured his tooth very badly. Um, and I was in terrible disgrace. So I think I was thinking all the time when I wrote Not My Fault, what's it like when you've got something really bad that's happened and two siblings have to go on living together, but they really don't get on and they're very, very different and so I made them tell a chapter each all the way through the story so that you would care about both of them. Um, and so the idea for that is definitely my own life, my own kids, um, children I know, things like that. Um, that's what definitely inspired me to write Not My Fault. <laughs> do, do you have any brothers or sisters, Sophia? Yeah, I have two sisters. You always get along with each other? No. <laughs> I, I feel like um, the, the marble story I feel like I should make an apology to my younger sister who trod on one of my Star Wars toys when I was two and she uh, well, sorry when she was two uh, and she cut her foot open and she ended up having to have it all bandaged up so it's about time I think it's only been like you know 41 years but uh, I, I think we can you know we can apologize now. <laughs> yeah they never um thank you so much for your questions now, Erin, you've got uh, our, our final question from Golden Grove. I've got a couple more questions. I'm going to sneak into Kath as well. Um, what's what's your question to Kath? Um, I read Ella on the outside and 
how can and my question is how can you relate to some of what the characters and the emotions because like, I can relate to how Ella felt when the cat Smokey I mean I think that was his name like ate like was killing the bird like I know how that sort of like you know plays out and you know it's not a very nice thing <laughs> so you're asking how I can relate to it I think how I can relate to it is um trying to sort of it's a bit like going upstairs in a house and opening a door and inside that room are all these people I care about and they are my book so I sort of um I open the door and for some little bit of time I join them and try and understand what it feels like to be them um and with Ella um we always had a cat when I was a child um and I suppose as I said to you before, um, when we were talking about other questions, I think there are bits of me um, in Ella on the outside, for sure. Um, but there are also things that um, are just things I've observed and thought about a lot. Um, and I think if you get enough inside a character's head, then you start to to try and think about the world from their point of view. So um, I think how she thinks about the cat and, and the bird um, is kind of how she would be thinking at that time. Um, and hopefully if you if you felt it when you read it, that must be what I felt when I wrote it. Um, we're sort of, that's sort of what connects us, isn't it? Um, when we write a book and, and somebody else reads it. And I, I have to say, it's wonderful to hear about how somebody felt when they read your book. It's a real privilege. It's brilliant. Um, Erin, it's it's a lovely way to finish the the, the interview questions. Uh, just hang on for us uh, for just a minute because you've you've got our our final musical choice uh, of the sh of the of this piece of the show this afternoon. Uh, but Kath, I just want to turn my attention, if that's <laughs> all right, um, to Empathy Day, which is coming up this week on Thursday, the tenth of June. Um, now, it's why is Empathy Day such an important day, uh, particularly for an author, but just all of us for, across the world. I think we've had such an extraordinary year, haven't we? Um, and it's made a lot of us, particularly those who work in schools, focus on um, the kind of complicated um, situations that we're seeing. Um, we're, we're seeing uh, a real need for people to find those connections and understanding. Um, and I, I think that we couldn't be more needed than it is right now. Um, so um, I think the thing in with Empathy Day is that we celebrate the things that connect people, um, the things that connect communities, um, and it gives people an impulse to um, to you know, reach out uh, to one another, um, but very much through books. So when we use books in the classroom, what we're doing is um, we've got a safe space with the books to talk about some sometimes quite difficult things, um, but we're doing it through the characters and we're thinking about those characters and the journey that they're on. Um, and I think Empathy Day celebrates those connections exactly as we just heard, really. Um, that's just the, the last question absolutely sums it up for me. Um, the idea that that we, um, we, we start to think more about other people's shoes and other people's lives and what they face. Um, and that um, those things, once we start to think about them, we can't live in the same way anymore. 
it's it is wonderful the the way that we make these connections through books and actually through stories in general now one of the yes. things that that we've uh, got a lot of authors doing for empathy day this year is they've written an empathy short each now yours is quite unique uh, in the <laughs> drama piece it's a script um i mean uh, we've got about 30 seconds can you uh, just sort of sum up the plot of your empathy short which can be found on the empathy lab website Yes, I just thought I'd take two extremely different characters. So I've got a, an inspector who comes and checks places for safety. And I've got a dragon who's making a flame because he has to make a flame every day to get into dragon school. And so um, they're a completely opposed situation. And what I want people to do is just have fun with the script, find out what it's like to be the dragon, but also think about what it's like to be the inspector. And it's really setting them against one another, but also showing how they start to understand each other better. But I use a lot of humour in my scripts. I hope it doesn't seem too heavy going. It's 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 a fun, light thing. And lots of children will be learning it and trying it out. Uh, all, all I will say is that I will use a dragon every time I need a barbecue in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Thank that's, you. That's, that's what I took from your story. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for joining us, Kath. Uh, but I'm going to hand back over now to the people that are, uh, are pretty much been r running this interview this afternoon. Erin, <laughs> uh, uh, you've got the uh, the final music choice uh, for Golden Grove today. What have you gone for? Um, uh, we you picked the sound of music for the last one because, like, I, I mean, raindrops on roses for the last one. So, and like, it's from the sound of music, and we chose it because, like like the because like Maria who was sending it to the children was like being empathetic to them because she knew that they felt scared so she sent us on to make them feel better. Erin that is a fantastic way of being able to sum up the empathy within the sound of music thank you very much to Kath Howe thank you very much everybody at Golden Grove let's say goodbye to the listeners in Rossendale. Bye -bye. And we will leave you with a bit of Julie Andrews. 104.7 Rossendale Radio. So there you have it. We come to the end of another Waffle the Bite Size podcast. My thanks this week must go out to, first of all, Kath Howe for giving her time to spend with the pupils on air and, of course, with me and answering all of my questions about Empathy Day 2021. But, of course, the stars of the show today were Golden Grove Primary School uh, down in Pembrokeshire. Uh, absolutely brilliant. All of you girls, absolute professionals from start to finish. It was a pleasure having you on the radio station. And, uh, and I hope you're going to have a fantastic time looking at your resources for Empathy Day. Uh, if you want more information on Empathy Day, go to empathylab.uk. There's loads and loads of stuff on there. Uh, family uh, packs, read alouds, uh, for, uh, loads of contributions from authors. Uh, tune into Empathy Day Live and you can find out all sorts of bits and pieces about what's happening. And of course, if you're online, use the hashtag Empathy Day 2021 and you'll be able to see all of those things on social media as well. We'll be back next week with another brilliant podcast on Waffle the Bite Size podcast. My thanks as ever go to Melanie Kemp for her work producing the show and our colleagues at Rossendale Radio for allowing us to broadcast each week. We'll see you very soon.